Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Monica Packer, and welcome to About Progress, where we are about progress made practical. Are you suffering from the human giver syndrome? If you haven't heard of it, let me tell you about it. I first heard of the human giver syndrome while listening to a book a few falls ago that changed so much for me. It's a book called Burnout, and it was written by twin sisters named Amelia and Emily Nagoski. They share a lot in this book about why women in particular suffer from burnout, and it's because they are in the role of human givers instead of being human beings. I could explain this, but I would actually rather they do the explaining. So let me read an excerpt from Burnout. Quote, the giver's role is to give their whole humanity to the beings so that the beings can be their full humanity. Givers are expected to abdicate any resource or power they may happen to acquire. Their jobs, their love, their bodies, those belong to the beings. Human givers must at all times be pretty happy, calm, generous, and attentive to the needs of others, which means they must never be ugly, angry, upset, ambitious, or attentive to their own needs. Givers are not supposed to need anything. 
In human giver syndrome, the giver isn't allowed to inconvenience anyone with anything so messy as emotions. It insists that self-preservation is selfish. So your efforts to care for yourself might actually make things worse, activating even more punishment from the world or from yourself, because how dare you? Human giver syndrome is our disease. Unquote. When I read this, it struck me that I finally could own that when I was a young mom and feeling really resentful of the the beautiful life I'd always wanted, it wasn't because I was being selfish or that something was wrong with me or even my marriage or my family. It was because I was suffering from burnout. I had given so much that I had nothing left to give from. This is a common enough issue in our community that we've talked many times about burnout or in self-care, identity, and beyond. But today, I wanted to go deeper with one woman who had lived out what it looks like to experience burnout because of the human giver syndrome, and what she did to move back into being a human being again, not because she's selfish and because she wanted to run away from her responsibilities and her family, but because those very things needed her to have a self to give from. You'll be hearing from Nicole Walters. She was the child of immigrants from Ghana, and she was raised in a home where food was unstable and anger was the norm. So Nicole learned early that she needed to take care of her own security. She hustled so much in her life to have just that, and eventually even adopted three girls after meeting their mother panhandling. And she eventually quit her job as well to launch her own business. She's been through a lot. And as part of that business, she reached a lot of success. She even had a reality TV show. But in the midst of that, a series of health scares revealed that Nicole had neglected herself while giving to everyone else, including, as we're going to talk about, a daughter who battled cancer. This led to a big reckoning in her business and marriage that eventually taught Nicole her greatest lesson to date. She is, and always has been, enough. Nothing is missing. Nicole is the author of a forthcoming memoir called Nothing is Missing, a memoir of living boldly. And she is passionate about teaching everyday people how to own their power and trust they already have everything they need to succeed. I have been following her for years on Instagram, So I feel really lucky to be able to share this chat with you today. That's coming up right after the break. Isn't it the best when a simple piece of advice can change so much? You know this podcast is all about progress made practical. And guess what? We are celebrating our seventh anniversary coming up in November. To honor both this anniversary and the do something focus this podcast has inspired, we want you to host your own tricks and treats night. I shared a short episode on this. Go back to episode 524. But here's a nutshell on how this works. You invite a few friends to your home for some treats. And while you eat them, have each guest share a simple trick that has made a big difference in their life. From parenting to marriage, from personal development to cleaning. It's all about doable practical ways we found ourselves making more progress. To make this gathering easier for you, you can get a ready for you but still customizable invitation, an email and text template that you can send to your friends, and even an outline to follow the night of. You can find those free resources at aboutprogress.com slash tricks and treats. 
You can host this gathering anytime, but to get in on the collective fun, we suggest hosting sometime in October, hence the fun name. And when you do, don't forget to contact me through email or Instagram to share about your favorite tricks from the night. I'm so glad to be celebrating this anniversary in a unique way, community-wide. Again, for all the support you need to host a Tricks and Treats gathering, go to aboutprogress.com slash tricks and treats. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Nicole Walters, welcome to About Progress. Oh my goodness, thank you for having me, Monica. I'm so excited to be here. I cannot believe we get to have you on this podcast. I have been following you for years, and I've learned so much from you. You have this amazing light, but also you teach so much just by being yourself. Thank and you. now we get to know even more about you that you I think so is much. so unique and special. But we're going to talk about one specific thing that you have to share with us about life and wanting to give and love other people. But that crossing a boundary inside mm-hmm. yourself too often, too much to a place where you lose yourself. And let's start by just setting this up a little bit. The Nagoski sisters talk about this in their book, Burnout, which is phenomenal, mm-hmm. about how we become human givers instead of human beings. And I wanted to know just about your own story with being a human giver and how that affected you and how you knew it was time to change. Oh, Monica, thank you so much for that. Yeah, it's really interesting because I just finished writing my book, Nothing is Missing. And whenever it's a memoir, but it's what I like to call a fresh start memoir. It's a tool, Mm -hmm. it's a manual. And and it's because I had to create a fresh start Mm -hmm. after spending so many years being a fierce giver. And we're not just talking people-pleasing. We're talking, I adopted three girls from the streets of Baltimore City at ages 3, 11, and 14, three sisters, and raised them all. Now they're 11, um, 21, and 24. It feels crazy to say that in that season, I also started my own business, struggled, and had a challenging marriage. And was trying to juggle it all. And what happened was I just kept giving. I thought that was the answer to every situation that came. And what I found was a lot of that giving and a lot of that uh, thought process around if there's a problem to give of myself is the solution really came from society, Mm -hmm. my childhood, and what is really glamorized as being an ideal mother and woman. I really picked up those pieces and said, wow, these are the lessons and here's how I got out of it for a fresh start. Did you get to a point where you just hit that wall or was it more of just this gradual, I don't know if it's a dissolution of realizing I can uphold this Mm -hmm. position of being a giver constantly. Mm -hmm. What did that look like for you? 
So it's twofold, right? I think a lot of moms can relate to this. You give in micro doses every day, whether it is just the attention span and the mental load of giving when you have to unpack and give direction and tell all the things. It's just this habitual giving that we don't even realize that we're doing all along the way and it eats at you. You feel yourself feeling a little more tired, a little more frustrated and a little more overwhelmed, but it doesn't seem that unusual because you acclimate to it. You don't even know any different. There was that element that was always simmering, but it does build up to a pressure cooker explosion. And that is absolutely what happened. We were having some challenges with our eldest daughter. We got her later than the rest. She was Mm -hmm. 14. She was older. She'd experienced more and seen more. She'd Mm -hmm. come in from a home with addiction and instability and food insecurity. And she was thriving. But when it came time for her to make another transition into college, that was where she was really saying, look, maybe I don't need anyone if I'm just going to be back out in the street again. And maybe no one really cares about me. And maybe I'm just not ready. She was dealing with all these. And I think any mama who has teenagers can understand very normal teenagery feels, but it was amplified by the trauma of her background. And my answer to that was, oh, I'll just give even more. But it was my first time realizing that wasn't enough. This was a journey she would have to walk on her own. And it was one of my first times in my whole life where I realized that giving wasn't the answer. And if giving wasn't the answer, how could I find a different way to show up as a mom where I was supporting without giving up myself because I still needed to be here just in case she fell, just in case it didn't work out. It was my first time letting go instead of giving. And it transformed my approach to everything and changed my whole life. In a nutshell, that's why you're here today, because I I, I know there are so many women listening who can relate so specifically to what you said and others who just can relate to the general idea of those micro doses of giving over and over in a way that you just you don't even feel like I'm not being asked of much. And yet I've given everything away. Mm -hmm. And but this is what's been modeled to me. These are the expectations of my family, my society, my religion. And I don't really know how to bear the weight of others' expectations and my own expectations of wanting to show love, but how do I give from a different place? Let's talk about that expectation piece. Yeah. You dealt with some pretty unique expectations on I you did. from I a did. young age. Tell us more yeah. about those. I was a child of two African immigrants came here wanting the most for my life, but that was by their definition. So I think we all can relate to wanting our kids to do just a little bit better than we did, but we also have to adapt that to what suits them. And so Mm -hmm. for my parents, it was, we want you to go to college and we want you to be a lawyer, have a desk job because I'm a taxi driver and I'm a secretary and we see this struggle and we want a different life for you. But the reality is I've always been very outgoing. And I've always been someone who is really into helping people. And I'm very philanthropic and I'm I'm a God girl. And so what I always like to say is your provision relies in your purpose, right? If I align with the purpose that God has designed for me, I will make money doing that. I will be able to find provision in that, but I have to trust that. And my parents had their fears that they would lend to me around if I don't give in a very specific way, And I carried those fears with me and they dictated so much of my life, including when they showed up at my 18-year-old kind of dealing with this pivot point in her life. I was so fearful for her Mm -hmm. to go out on her own thinking she wasn't ready when I had to really accept that as part of parenting, I'd given her everything that I could give her and she would tap into it when she was ready. And if that was the case, that nothing was missing with her, 
then the truth is nothing was missing with me either. And I had what I needed to solve things without giving too much or being fearful of not taking on what didn't belong to me. You're so right. I think that human giver part of us, it's based in wanting to meet those expectations, but it's yes. also the fear mm-hmm. of what will happen if we don't meet them. That's but right. like you said earlier, you, you just give and give, but nothing will ever be enough if that's mm-hmm. the paradigm you're in and you have to shift to one of support. What did that look like for you? What is the difference then? Because I'm sure if I were listening to this even five years ago, I'd be like, but then my family will fall apart. They're right. Easier so said than done. I think we all have so, such a, some people are probably listening, girl, are you kidding me? The only support I get is from my spank. Really, it sounds crazy to even think if I let things go, my, my kids genuinely need me. And I think that what I really had to learn both through therapy and prayer and reading and support and frankly, just listening to people like you, Monica, and asking friends mm-hmm. what has worked for you was that it's not letting go all at once in the biggest areas. Yeah. It's picking places to empower people to support themselves. If for us, it's letting go, but for them, it's teaching. Some of the simple things, when my daughter was old enough that she had clarity around colors, we started sorting laundry together. Yeah. When she got old enough to reach the top of the laundry machine, we were playing laundry basketball where she had to slam dunk into the machine. Really recognizing that In teaching and empowering my kids with skills related to independence, it was allowing me to shift things to them, but also empower them to learn what to carry and know that they're learning all these things while I'm still here with them. So I can pick up, I can jump in, I can help support, but the letting go part of it really allowed me to feel freer, to have more space. And honestly, there's this... And it's hard to say, honestly, I'm trying not to get emotional about it, but I know I won't be around forever. And that's not a reality that my kids know. And I don't even want them to have to think about, but it's a truth that I have to keep in mind. If I'm not going to be around forever, if tomorrow is my last day, do I want to make sure that they're able, empowered, and capable to take what I've given them to go and run and and thrive? Or do I want to be the person that they're always relying on just to function? And I don't want to do that to my kids and I didn't want to do that in my life. So I take a lot of pride in teaching people to stand on their own. And that in turn (laughs) saved me from Mm. burnout. I feel like there's a difference in strength when you are shifting to this role of being a supporter rather than a giver, because it's a strength for the other people. They learned how to get stronger, but it's also an inner strength for you. And I feel that contrast is pretty big with the human giver, it's just like a really, there's a big lack of self-worth there too. So can you speak more to that piece? (laughs) Yeah. Because when you're giving, you're trying to get that reflection back to you, right? You are worthy, you are good. And then it's never enough to give. You also don't get enough back to show you that it was worth it. Let's just take a real moment and talk about how the world is set up to constantly tell women that we're lacking. If Mm. you're too skinny, are you sick? If you're too thick, are you unhealthy. If you are too pale, you need a tan. If you're too dark, you need to get your complexion evened out. There's Mm -hmm. always better and it always resides somewhere else and not with you. And a lot of my life was based around 
seeking validation through the things that I was accomplishing. So if I was a great mom and my kids were thriving, oh man, I must be good. If I was a great wife who still uplifted my husband, even though I was having marital difficulties, even though I was struggling with communication, even though I needed more help and plot twist, spoiler alert, tiny spoiler alert for your followers, I ended up getting divorced. And I'm after a 12 year marriage and talk about unexpected. I didn't see that coming, but it was because I had done everything, including my marriage, including picking all these pieces based on what I thought was right and expected of me and ultimately would give me worth and value. I hit all these marks. I had the house, the car, the kids, the marriage, and I did it. But once you get everything and you realize and you're looking at your life and you're saying, I still don't feel enough, then you really have to turn in and say, what on earth do I think is missing that I am still seeking? Is it just the validation? And that's why my book is called Nothing is Missing. When I had everything in hand and I realized that I still didn't feel good enough, but there was nothing else left to do mm-hmm. and no one else left to make happy, no one else left to give to. I'd given everything. I was getting sick. I was ill. I realized how can I feel enough within myself with what I have? And that I went off into a season of that post-divorce discovery and and it was transformative. I'm happier than I've ever been. And I honestly have less than I ever did before, but I have, when I say I have less, I truly have more than I could imagine. I'm so grateful. What I have is enough because Mm. I am enough. Much more after a quick break. As we move into fall, I have been moving out my summer clothes and transitioning to my winter wardrobe. As I was unpacking my shoes, I noticed so many great pairs that I absolutely love, but I rarely reach for them. Why is that? Because they're uncomfortable. Listen, I am often literally chasing after kids, not to mention pounding out miles at my local Costco. When rubber meets the road, I need shoes that don't get in the way of what needs to be done. But if you're like me and are tired of choosing comfortable over cute, check out Vionic Shoes with their exclusive Viomotion technology. It's what sets them apart. Vionic began by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day and looking fresh and on trend, so no granny style shoes are required. I recently got the Alfinas. This is a style of Oxfords with a little bit of a thicker sole, and I got mine in platinum black leather. I put them on to break them in, but I ended up wearing them all day no break-in needed because they were so comfortable. Enough so that I am now seriously considering another pair, maybe some loafers or some boots for the cooler months. When I do, I'm going to use my own discount code. And speaking of which, use the code PROGRESS at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. One time use only. Again, that's the code PROGRESS for 15% off. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. How did you get to that enough place about yourself then? And I know that's asking like a good question, question, right? I know. It's hard, but just tell us a little bit more about that. 
Yeah. So part of it is just being super transparent. My body shut down. We are a finite being. As a mom, I would give my life for my children. Realistically, if you don't take care of yourself and you deprioritize your well-being, you will truly give the last of yourself for your children. I joke about it with mamas all the time. When was the last time you bought yourself a new bra? When was the last time? Just like little things that we don't even think about. You deserve to have a new bra that where the wire's not poking you as you're in carpool line. This is hitting home. (laughs) You know, and it's of it all. Mm-hmm. It seems like such a tiny, silly thing, but we will go out and prioritize our back-to-school shopping for our kids and wear a bra that's two, three years old. And and that same thing happens with making our kids dentist appointments or not making our own, making our kids regular annual va- exams or not making our own. If something happens to us, and this is what happened, I hit that pivot point where I had prioritized so much of my kids. My Middle daughter went through stage four cancer. She's fine now. But that took all of me to be present for that. My 18-year-old went rogue in the world, but Mm -hmm. that took all of me. My marriage was a constant drumbeat of of challenges that took a lot of me. And finally, my blood pressure was 173 over 153. I was experiencing facial paralysis on one side of my face. and, And I was just sad. I could not get out of bed and I couldn't put my finger on it because I looked around and everything was, quote unquote, okay. The kids were finally healthy and recovered. Like, why was I still sad? And that was when I realized I had to get my body together before I could do anything else. I physically could not meet my life. I couldn't even give. I had nothing left. And I, that discovery process started with staying still, taking mm-hmm time and saying, look, I can't get up anymore. So what does it look like? If this is my new reality where I wasn't able to give anymore, where do I show up? And it was like, you have to show up for self to get yourself healthy again. See the doctors, make the appointments, prioritize yourself so you can at least get back into fighting form. And then once I did, I was like, I'm never going back. I'm never going back to this again. That body, brain, spirit connection is so, so true and so understated too, because we often think we just have to work it's like that chicken and the egg question. Like I have to find myself and love myself. But in order to do that, you have to care for yourself. And yes. sometimes that's what needs yes. to come first so you can earn that second part. That's Thank right. you for sharing so much about what you went through. Let's turn to some tips for the women who are ready to go there, to, to work on this, to give better from a place of strength. And this is where we would love to hear where should they start? What would you recommend they do? Sure. sure. So I always like to give tiny things because I acknowledge yes. that, again, as we carry so much, it can sound, I, I don't know how it is. I'm just such a grace girl. I'm a hot mess. For me, there's joy in being able to grab a piece of snack cheese. I also call it comfort cheese, depending on my mood, <laughs> and sit in my Target parking lot or sit in my driveway for a minute and listen yeah. to a podcast. Like I, I get that these little moments are sometimes all we get. But mm-hmm. when I talk about transformative things, make a doctor's appointment. Yeah, I know that sounds completely wonky, but it's like truly make a doctor's appointment. Just go in and out an emergency appointment, not mm-hmm. to solve a problem. Go in and just get your numbers. Even if you feel great, let it be a baseline then for what great feels like. So you have that measurement. And it was one of the first things I did to start off my health process. And I, I did this without goals and without pressure. I wasn't trying to lose weight. I wasn't trying to get better skin. I literally was like, look, What's going on inside me so that I can at least know? And I found out a lot of things that I had to work on. And sometimes we get scared of having more things added to our plate. But if things in advance, you actually can do something about them. Mm -hmm. And time is something we can't get back. So that's always like a starting point. 
for a physical thing we can do, but then as a mental thing we can do, I always say challenge yourself to pick one no a day. And mm. what is that one no a day? It might be something that you really thought I could do this, but I'm going to say no and I'm going to choose me. When you start learning to prioritize yourself and just make a habit of it, and when I say saying that no, no in a way where it's like the answer is I just don't want to. Not that I can't, not that I don't have the money for it, not that this is annoying or impossible. No, I am actually choosing it. This is not something I want to do. I'm not going to do it. And that includes to your kids. If it's like, mommy, come play. You know what, honey? Actually, mommy's not going to play. But what's great is you can do this activity instead and it's going to be so much fun for you. And mommy can play with you later or tomorrow. You can do that. Like you are capable of doing that. And when you start training your brain to realize that you are important, you are mm. worth it, you are a priority, and your no has weight, and you don't have to explain yourself, it's transformative, not just to you, but to others, recognizing and respecting your boundaries. And, and when you get that pushback, because it will sometimes happen, people will be shocked. When I started saying no, my family looked at me like, is she all right? <laughs> is she okay? Mommy is opposed. What do you mean? When family started seeing that, it was surprising because they were like, what do we do? But it's in that sort of shift where they start realizing, okay, if mom's not available, we have to do something else. You learn that they are just fine and they learn that they can do it without. Yeah. And it leads to freedom in ways that you never would have believed. But just it, just one tiny no, nothing big, just one tiny no. Yeah. Here, we talk a lot about small wins and yes. doing something instead of all or nothing. And I love that way of starting. And it comes back to reprioritizing, just like you said, like that is a huge shift right there. It's just the small ways you can work to reprioritize yourself. Yes. Now, Nicole, I want you to speak to the caregivers who are in the thick of it and they don't really have a choice. Like you had a child with significant physical health problems. You had another child with other really significant problems. Like you couldn't just say, figure it out. You have to be in that season. And for those who are in that season, no matter what it looks like, whether it's a newborn or a teenager who, with huge mental health issues or a child with cancer like you had or special needs, can you just say even one thing you would love for them to know? One thing you can hope that will help you just get through this season. Maybe they can't totally reprioritize themselves in the way that they need to right now. What would you say? So the first thing I would say is, boy, do I see them. When I tell you that being in those seasons, you can feel so alone and it feels like there's a lack of acknowledgement around how heavy of a lift you have. And mm -hmm. boy, do I see those mamas. Even the single mom, I will yes. never forget thinking to myself, what do single moms do when your kid is sick and you have to go pick up meds? Oh, you have to pack up a sick kid, yeah. carry them into the store, pick up the meds and bring them home. That alone. So I see those women and I send all the energy to them. But the thing, the answer I have for them is different from the no. It's actually the yes. It's say yes to all the help. Challenge um, yourself to say yes to all the help. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that can sound crazy, but when I tell you, you can actually build a force field of energy around you where people don't even offer help anymore because, oh, she's got it. It's hard for her, but she's got it. Start saying yes to all the help. And the yes to the help, meaning if someone says, oh, I can get the door for you at the store. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you need some help carrying this to the car? 
Yes. Do you want me to stay with your kid for a few minutes after work? Even if it's just a teacher, oh, I can sit with him for a minute while you go do that. Yes. I think we get so inclined because we understand, believe, and have accepted the responsibility of caregiving that we are so quick to say we got it because we understand that it is, for lack of better phrasing, our responsibility to carry. And I hate to use the word burden because it's not that. We do choose it because it's a love action. We love to be able to be there in that way because it's a privilege to love our babies. We see them in a way that no one else will. But saying yes as much as possible to the help, you'd be surprised how much help is there. And you deserve that one minute, that one less thing to carry, that one hand, that one hand up. You deserve it. And, and I know that for me, I was humbled when I wasn't well. And I was humbled in some of these seasons to realize that, oh, I'm not enough. And it's not because I lack. <laughs> I'm just not enough mm-hmm. because truly this situation is so big. I need help to carry it. Nothing like sitting there dealing with chemotherapy and a cancer diagnosis to realize I am out of sorts. There's nothing I can do here. It's not even if I could give my left arm, I would. And I can't. So I have to say yes to whatever is offered because that is the best way to get help. And so say all those yeses because we're deeply deserving and it is what is required for you to show up entirely. Thank you. I can feel the experience that comes from, it doesn't feel like another just trope way of trying to just pat them on the head. That's real. So thank you, Nicole. I'm going to make sure we link in the show notes to your podcast and your Instagram, but I do want to talk about your book. So tell us about Nothing Is Missing. I've been looking at your beautiful cover behind you. Yes, I'm so excited about it. I've been writing this book for four years now, and I will be totally transparent. I'm only sharing this with some people, but my book initially was going to be a business book. It was, how did I build a business in the midst of all the chaos? But my goodness, does the world need another one of those? There's so many of those online right now. And um, the truth is, About two and a half years into writing the book, I started going through my divorce Mm -hmm. and I could not write. And and then after I started feeling better physically, I could that was all I could do was write. So I was unpacking how did I get here from Mm -hmm. my childhood, from what choices have I made around relationships and how has that impacted my parenting and my decision making and what went right and what went wrong. And I my life has come to a grinding halt and I now have a choice of how what I want to rebuild moving forward. What am I keeping and what am I leaving behind? And in doing that, I put it all into this book. What's interesting is I came from that standpoint of, okay, if I'm giving myself a fresh start, what am I leaving? What do I need to get? And life is filled with us constantly being told we need something else for our kids. Even if we think we're doing it right, it's, oh, but you're feeding your kid off of plastic. You ought to fix that. But you're like, you use a microwave? That's wrong. You let your kid breathe traditional oxygen? Terrible. I just feel like you can't get it right. And if you think you're getting it right, it all changes. And so I said, if I'm giving myself a fresh start, if I am saying, what does a fresh start manual look like as a new mom, as a new business owner, as a toddler mom, as sending your kids to college, as what does it look like? Because... <laughs> I'm divorced now and this is a fresh start I didn't expect. So what does it look like? And I realized that the place to start is not seeking something else. It's from acknowledging that nothing is missing with you. Mm -hmm. If all you have is what you have today, how are you going to use that to the max? How are you going to use your mindset if that is the thing you've got to push you forward that you can believe and work hard for your babies and you will not lack? How will you use that in every way, in every place possible to get ahead? 
If it's just your resources, your friends, how are you going to use that to the max? And that's what my book is through storytelling, through a real glimpse at how I survived stage four cancer and a divorce and trauma for my youth and adopting these three babies from the side of the street. But each one required a fresh start for me and for my children. And that's what this book is about, knowing that you may not have what you think you have. And in this world, I think increasingly we feel like even what we have doesn't go as far. How do we use it to the max to get the life that we want without really sacrificing it? And nothing is missing is all about that. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. I'm sure your voice is just so clear. And that's such a rare thing to have someone who has such a clear voice that's hard earned though uh, definitely by your experience it's been a privilege to have you here nicole i wish you the best success with your book and everything that you are working on thank you oh monica thank you so much for having me that was awesome I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I now am going to share the progress pointers from this episode. These are the notes I took so you don't have to. And those on my newsletter get them in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com newsletter. Number one, we may think we are giving in just micro doses, but those add up until we are human givers instead of human beings. The danger there is that we are operating out of fear and seeking validation not choice or a stable sense of self. Number two, when our giving involves other people, transition more to a role of supporting rather than saving. Pick places to empower them. Number three, find small ways to reprioritize yourself. Physically, start by making an appointment. Mentally, own a no. And number four, if you're in an especially trying season that you can't opt out of, say yes to all the help you can. Your do something challenge for this week is to say one no and to say one yes. No to something that you can't do or prioritize right now and yes to one way you can accept help from someone else. When you do that, I would love to hear about it. You can email me at hello at aboutprogress.com. You can direct message me on Instagram, and you can also share it on Instagram stories and tag me at aboutprogress. I love to pull from the people I hear from and spotlight a progressor a few times a month in our Thursday episodes. So I love to hear from you. It's always so great to hear what the do sub things you've been up to are. Now, before we sign off, I have to remind you about the tricks and treats that we are running right now. And it's a special gathering that you can do with your own friends, even starting with just one friend. It doesn't have to be a big night, but I have a free party packet for you at aboutprogress.com slash tricks and treats. I really want you to do it sometime this month if you can, but you also can do it anytime and you don't have to call it a tricks and treats gathering. You can call it whatever you want. Also, if you thought of someone while you were listening to this episode, could you do the podcast a solid and share it with them? Text them or tag me in a post, whatever it is that would help both this person and the show grow. We so appreciate it. I'm so glad you were here and thanks for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. But it wasn't that I was resentful. It was that I had let. (coughs) You can use the code PROGRESS at the checkout for 15% off your entire own. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.